Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Join you every week, Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. Joined, as always, by a couple of fantastic guests. Bailey, how are we doing? Are we good? Are we well? Yeah, I'm good, TC, mate. How are you? Yep, not bad. Not too bad. Chris, are we dealing with the heat? Okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it could be better. Um, it could be better, yeah. but... Uh, but, uh, you know, it's only set to get worse. So, um, you know, um, sort of just uh, dealing with it. And, um, yeah, um, it'll be all right, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, good morning as well, everybody joining us. And good evening, afternoon, where you happen to be in the world. Everybody joining us live and, of course, on Catch Up as well. Make sure to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel for continued coverage of Arsenal's pre-season tour. Our boy, Kaya Karnak, will be on the ground in the US over the next couple of weeks. So, uh we're looking forward to seeing what's going to be happening uh, whilst the boys travel, of course, and continue their preparations for the brand new season. There are a number of topics that we've got to discuss for today's show. We kick off uh, with the transfer window, as you would expect. The pressure is increasing, uh, Bailey, on Edu. You know, there's less, well less than an hour, a month left until, in fact, we're around the three-week mark, just over until pre-season is done and the brand new season will start what kind of pressure is now on Edu to get some business done before the season does kick off? Yeah, I think it's important. I think the aim for every team should to have your transfer window completed by the first Premier League game. Unfortunately, that is hardly ever the case. Some clubs do do that. I know Liverpool have finished their incomings. I think Manchester City, I don't think they're going to sign Kukurela anymore. So I reckon they've completed their incomings too. I think the best clubs usually have the best transfer windows and that is by completing it before the Premier League season. So Edu does have a little bit of pressure on his hands, but I know Fabrizio Romano did, did tweet that despite Arsenal not really being linked to any players, Edu likes to keep it quiet. So we could see a Fabio Fiera situation where suddenly, let's say 4pm today, we might just sign a player we had no clue. So mm. I think we do have to be patient. We have, to, we have to wait. Let's not judge him yet. Let's judge when the Premier League season starts. Let's not create a toxic or negative atmosphere around the club. I think we need to wait for that. It's still very early. We're not, we haven't yet flew out to America. We're doing it today, of course. But I think we have to wait a little bit. Let's wait a little bit. Let's see what gets done because a lot of clubs still have a lot of chance of business to do. I think of Chelsea. I think of Manchester United. I think of Tottenham still have a bit of business to do as well. There's business to be done all round. Not everyone can be Manchester City and Liverpool where they have excellent windows from the start. Yeah, I mean, that said, I mean, you, you mentioned there, Man City not getting Kukurea. Um, That might change, who knows? But that's a key target that they're going to miss out on. So even the biggest of clubs aren't getting some key targets. But Chris, there was kind of an expectation around this window. You know, Edu said before the window opens that Arsenal have a plan. They know the players they want to go to. The ownership had kind of signed off on those targets. Do you think that there is obviously a lot going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Perhaps as Lucas Paqueta stuff is is kind of coming to the surface surrounding that. But also there's frustrations from the fan base about why Yuri Tillemans is not being pursued as heavily as maybe we expected to. But what's kind of your expectations between now and, and the season starts? 
Well, I think in terms of what we've done already, um, as a fan, I'm happy. Um, I'm quite relaxed. Um, I think, you know, getting in Gabriel Jesus was was massive. Managed to get one of our key targets through the door. And obviously that centre forward position was was huge to to get you know bring someone in because we we, we were, can't obviously only rely on Eddie and Ketia. Mm. Um so obviously really happy with that. I think with Fabio Vieira, it was a bit of a surprise at the time in, in terms of his his sort of style of play and the, the way where he operates, you know, usually in a number 10 role or out wide. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, I thought we were fairly strong, certainly in it, through the middle anyway. But then again, you know, it's extra competition for the like of, likes of Martin Odegaard. We know he can operate in a number eight role as well in central midfield. So again, give us a bit of depth. I'm excited to see him in action because I think he's actually a really exciting player, very highly rated. Um, with a lot of potential. Obviously, we've got Bernd Leno's re- replacement already through the door and Matt Turner, and obviously that move to Fulham for, for Leno is, is looking likely. Um, and, uh, you know, with Marquinhos, OK, maybe one for the future. Who knows? You could do a Gabriel Martinelli. You, you have to wait and see. But um, a, a top prospect on our on our hands who, you know, again, has a lot of potential moving forward. So I think, you know, to have them for already through the door with, you know, obviously we've got our, our trip to the States coming up now. It's it's decent. It's it's good to have them through. But yeah, obviously, I mean, between now and that first game of the season away at Palace, I would like to see at least one or two more come through the door. Of course, you know, you want to be going into the, the new campaign as strongly as possible. But I think, again, you've got to remember on paper, if we have Gabriel Jesus starting up front with Martinelli, Saka, Martin Erdegaard in behind, you know, <clears throat> if we have uh, our midfield together, our defence, you know, and, and Tierney's fit and Tommy Assey's fit and, you know, Ramsdale's back in goal, Ben White and and, and Gabriel. You know, we, we've still got a very, very strong team. That team should absolutely be capable of getting three points in the first game of the season. So, you know, th- there is a sense of, of pressure on Edu. There, there, there always will be in a transfer window, not matter, no matter what, what sort of stage you're at during the window, there'll always be pressure on him. I think... They'll be relatively relaxed at the, at the moment. I'm, I'm sure maybe Mikel Arteta would have preferred having an extra one or two players to, to travel with the squad to the States because you want to integrate these new players as soon as possible, as quickly as possible, get them familiar with the group, the style of play, the setup, etc. But, um, you know, who knows what could happen? You know, we could have another new signing coming in the next few days. Again, Bailey, you mentioned it. That Fabio Vieira one came out of absolutely nowhere. And I, I think we're we're always a few days behind because I remember um, sort of uh, when Eddie Nketiah signed that new contract, you know, we just thought it was the day that Eddie Nketiah was signing that new contract. But actually, Fabio Vieira was also at the training ground that day having the tour signing his new de- uh, signing his deal with the club you know and then all of we we don't get to know that until you know a few days later after that's all happened so i think the club are always a few days ahead of us and and you know they as you mentioned they do potentially keeping tight lipped the club are trying to keep tight lipped as, as possible um and yeah we'll just have to wait and see but I, i'm 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 relatively calm i think we've done well already yes absolutely there's more to do um, and if we can get one or two more players in before the start of the season, fantastic. But um, yeah, I, I'm 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 relatively relaxed and I'm confident that we'll 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 get some more through the door. 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't really see at this stage, you know, the the point in losing my head about Arsenal's transfer situation. As you say, we've done some really good business so far. The potential to do more is is obviously there, and there's still plenty of time left before the season starts. It'll be when the season starts that I reserve my judgment until that point, and that's when we can really kind of get into the meat and gravy of of what necessarily hasn't gone to plan for Arsenal's window, because the aim would have been absolutely to try and get players in as early as feasibly possible, as we've tried to do with a number of players. We've succeeded with some. We've attempted, you know, in others with Lissandra Martinez, Rafinha, that's not worked out. But there are now alternatives that we're pushing for. In midfield, though, Bailey, you know, Tielemans and Paqueta look to be the key two names right now that are being discussed. And there are similarities between them, but there are, of course, clear differences in their starting position on the field. Do you, do you feel it's a case of one or the other and similar? Or is there any scope, do you think, that Arsenal could go for both? I don't think for both. I think that's an expensive, expensive mm. um, double deal for two midfielders. When I think we plan to play Piquet on the left-hand side anyway of midfield alongside Tiedemans. I think that would be around, let's say it could be £90 million upwards of that. I don't think we would mm. pay that. I think I'm still, I'm not convinced yet by the Piquet rumours. I'm not again in, I'm not believing the hype. I think it would be a transfer that's very, very expensive. I don't believe Arsenal would do that for a midfielder. I think if we was going to do that, that would, that would have been a deal that was maybe chased towards the early early weeks of the window rather than now. I think that was a deal that would have been in the works because of how expensive it is. I do believe Tillemans is the guy to come in. I do believe he should be the guy to come in also. So I want Tillemans. I want Premier League experience. We know what we're going to get from Tillemans. There's no risk involved in the deal. I know Paqueta would be nice to come in with the Brazilian um, contingent at the squad. Of course, it would be an excellent addition. I think he is a good player, but with Tillemans, he's cheaper. Let's get him in Premier League experience, 25 billion, and it will allow us allow us to strengthen, strengthen, sorry, elsewhere in the field, which we really need to do in terms of the defense and and the forward positions. I think if we sign Paqueta, that's a major chunk of our financial budget, and I don't know if we'll be able to to, to sign elsewhere. Yeah, I think there's scope for us to do uh, plenty um, regarding three positions on the field. You know, the, the attacking option in Paqueta, the, what I would look at to the defensive midfield option, I think is still something that Arsenal should be considering. And the defensive position, which seems to be this, you know, Grimaldo option. It's interesting, Chris, that, you know, we've swapped from, say, um, from Lissandra Martinez, who was costing upwards of, you know, 35, 40 million to a player that's only being valued and considered around 7 million euros. Do you think that's being done with, the potential to kind of step up the Paqueta side of things that looks to be a more expensive signing? Yeah, potentially. Um, you know, I think we, we've said it before and, and, and on here and, and after sort of reading, watching clips of Grimaldo, for example, um, obviously coming from Benfica, he's, he's obviously familiar with uh, with Nuno as well, having played together. Um, but he, he is more experienced. Um, the only thing with these Granado links that worry me um, from what I've seen and heard of the player is that, again, he's more of a threat going forward than he is at the back. You know, his attacking um, game is, is, is stronger than his, the, the defensive side to his game. So, again, that's something that, you know, reminds me of Nuno, for example. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, um, I'm a little bit concerned by that because, again, you know, we're talking about competition and obviously um, support for Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney is someone who balances out his game really, really well. We know he's dangerous going forward, but we know he can do a solid job defensively as well. And I mean, really, in, in today's market with the players that are out there, it shouldn't be too difficult to find someone who is similar. Um, you know, Aaron Hickey, for example, just gone to Brentford. We we um, we had... Uh, 
Robin Berner on on the the show on the the Transfer Insights show. We spoke to him um, about Hickey, and he he was saying he was emphasising just how good Hickey is defensively and and sort of going forward as well. He's you know in terms of his defensive um, game, he's worked on that and improved on that a lot over the past season. That's what's made him a standout in Italy. And on top of his versatility, you know, he's he's got that attack and threat going forward. So it's it's concerning, you know, maybe that we're we're sort of all of a sudden going from Lissandro Martinez, who we know is is solid defensively. You know, we we know he's not you know not not, not afraid to get stuck in. Um, they call him the butcher because of his aggressive style of play. <clears throat> so yeah, it's uh, I suppose that's the only part that concerns me, TC. If I'm honest, from going from those Martinez links to to someone like Grimaldo, I think um, in terms of their style of play. Um, and the qualities they have, especially defensively, when you compare the two, it's it's different. So I just I just hope the club are, are confident, you know, with whoever they go for in this left sided defensive position, oh. they're confident they can come in and do a job. They're reliable. Um, they're consistent. Um, don't get me wrong, Grimaldo. Like I said, it seems as if he's he's, he's got a lot more ex- experience. Um, and he's a lot more consistent in his game compared to someone like Nuno. We know he's been very hot and cold. He's struggled. But um, again, it just seems as if it, he's, he's stronger going forward. And I just think, you know, we need to find someone who's got going to offer us a lot of quality, a lot of stability um, and security across the back line as well. So we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, there were links to Sinchenko of Manchester City as well for me. He's my ideal alternative to, to Martinez because we know he's Premier League proven, he's he's reliable, he's consistent, versatile as well. We can, can play obviously at left back and, and in central midfield. Um, again, good defensively, but also a threat going forward. So, you know, that would have been ideal for me. But as Bailey mentioned earlier, Cucurella to Manchester City, he's in doubt now with Brighton reportedly opening talks from over a new deal. So we'll have to wait and see. Anything can happen. But um, yeah, a little bit concerned about the Grimaldo links. I can't I can't lie. Yeah, uh, I think that's a completely fair uh, summary of the situation. I mean, I think he's being looked at because of the opportunity to sign him for the price that he's available with a year left on his deal. You know, it's, it's little to no risk for Arsenal. In fact, they sign him, get him on a long-term deal. I think he's arguably worth almost more immediately um, when he signs. So... The value of the player, I think, almost goes up as soon as you sign a player like that for that kind of figure because of the opportunity to get him at that price. Um, He is more of an out-and-out left-back. The Athletic claims that we were in for Martinez to play left-back, not as a left-centre-back competitor. Of course, he could play there. With Saliba coming back, who can play both right and left and has done well and did do it really well for Nice while he was there and a couple of games there as well for Marseille and for Saint-Étienne as well. I think that, you know, there is coverage. Pablo Marie's future is is uncertain, but at the moment there's no concrete links with him leaving right now. So, you know, it's possible that he becomes uh, a reintegrated part of the squad, which I know won't excite people. But uh, having depth and, you know, the strength and depth is going to be key for the club going forwards. Um, there's a few people leaving comments about the Grimaldo situation in the chat box. Um, I just want to try and address those quickly. Uh, Oso says, I don't like Grimaldo. Saw his game against Liverpool just now. Nah, might as well keep Tavares. Uh, Terry says some of Grimaldo's statistics aren't very good, but stats might not tell the full story. Lee says rumours was Martinez would come in to play at left back. It was a bonus that he could play in those other positions. I think we're just in for a left back because of Tierney loving an injury. Well, 
you know, loving an injury in the sense of he gets injuries a lot. I'm sure he doesn't actually love them. It's rather frustrating, I'm sure. Um, let's move on to the final topic before we take a couple more questions from the chat box. Uh, Bailey, you, myself and you went back and forth on Twitter last night a little bit uh, about Kaladu Kulabali and uh, I see Chris smiling away, little spectator that he is. Um, but, uh, you know, Chelsea are closing on what looks to be a €40 million Euro move for him. You've been very critical of Chelsea's business, you know, across the window. And, and don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I don't mind laughing at Chelsea. It's, uh, it's a profession it is these days and it's an enjoyable one at that. But I don't agree with kind of the criticism of this deal. I think this is a very good move by Chelsea, uh, getting in a player of that quality. They've lost Rudiger and Christensen. You know, Thiago Silva's probably in his final season with, with Chelsea this year. Um, and 31 years of age in a system that they play in a back three, of which I assume he would probably play in the middle um, or either on the left-hand side whilst he's still got plenty of mobility to his game. I think there's scope for him to be a very good move. And I think there may be parallels to Arsenal with the Kante situation as well. I don't think necessarily on a five-year deal like Koulibaly, but I certainly think the benefits of bringing in someone like this outweigh the negatives from my view. But give me your side. Yeah, yeah. I think Koulibaly is an excellent signing. I, I think I rate him as a player. For me, my issue is five a five-year deal. I think mm. people, including UTC, comparing Thiago Silva so Koulibaly is way off the mark simply because Thiago Silva is an anomaly. There's no other 37-year-old defenders in the Premier League that are still at the top of their game. And it has, there hasn't been. I can't think of a 37-year-old centre-back who dominated their defence. I think once they touch 34, you just see the, the, the dip. It happens in Europe as well. I can't think of too many players over the age of 35 who have actually stayed at the level of their game and have actually dominated the defence. They usually start to drop. They usually have support around them. If they're in a different league, they move leagues. Pepe went to, to FC Porto, of course, where the league is less demanding and he obviously wasn't playing at the highest level. I think a five-year contract for Koulibaly is a big risk by Chelsea and 10 million, uh, 10 million euros per year as well is not uh, cheap either. I think if it was a two-year deal or three-year deal with an extension maybe option, to extend, it might have been a bit better, but five years, it's very risky for Chelsea. I think if you lose uh, Rudiger, who was so, so pivotal to their system and mm. and he was so, his his physicality, his mobility was so important. Koulibaly, yes, in the Serie A, excellent. And that's simply because the Serie A is more of a, more of a tactical game, more defensive, so you're more protected. You're less likely to get exposed in, in Serie A, for example, if you're in the Bundesliga or if you're in the Premier League. So his mobility, of course, is there. It will be tested even more in the Premier League. He will more likely get attacked and more, more likely have isolation. So that could that could also um, cut down on his mobility in seasons to come. So five years is a lot of seasons. And Chelsea's transfer business this season is... It's exciting me as an Arsenal fan because I don't believe they are going in the right direction with their recruitment. I think Sterling's a good signing, but again, he's not a clinical goal scorer. He's just another Havertz, another Pulisic in that type, in that type of department. Koulibaly, of course, is not a he's not Antonio Rudiger. And if Thomas Tuchel last season he did attempt to to revert to four at the back, which didn't work. I think he wants to go to that system, but he can't seem to find the tools. And Thiago Silva and Koulibaly is a very very old defence when it when it's the most busiest season the Premier League will ever see. When you're playing games constantly, having two over thirty year old centre backs in your in your team, it will affect you. It will affect you. And I think five years for uh, who Koulibaly, who will eventually turn thirty six, is a risky deal. Fair enough, Chris. Why don't you mediate? Come in on this one. Oh, blimey. Um, I think Koulibaly, uh, really, really good signing for Chelsea, a uh, top defender. 
Um, a bit weird, you know, that he's he's now what I think thirty one and he's only just making yeah. this this big move because it's a name that's been around for a very long time. I remember when Manchester United were reportedly showing strong interest in him several years ago now, uh, among other teams. Um I think he'll do well in the Premier League. I think physically, you know, he, he's ready for it. He's he's well built. Um he'll be It'll be difficult to, to break down and get past maybe this. I mean, you know, obviously a lot of the wingers and, and, and attackers in, in, in football nowadays, especially in the Premier League, is a lot of pace, a lot of tricky feet. Um, it'll be maybe interesting to see how he deals with that side of it. But um, it'll certainly bring strength. I mean, Rudiger, you know, he was known for his sort of aggressive style of play, his strength at the back, and, and Kulabali will sort of bring that as well. I'm not saying he'll, he'll match sort of the, the qualities and the consistencies of, of Rudiger. But, you know, I'm certainly think he's got the, the capabilities of doing that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of see where Bailey's coming from. A five-year contract for a 31-year-old is is interesting, I suppose. Maybe I think it would make sense or more sense to maybe give him something like a three-year deal, take him up to 34 um, and then see, you know, how he's done at the end of that and see how he's feeling physically and, uh, you know, sort of just evaluating his performances over the last few years. Um, whereas, you know, if he gets to the age of 34 and he's starting to slow down a little bit or, um, you know, he's not at the, the, the level he once was, then Chelsea have got a player on their hands that, you know, still got two years remaining on his deal. So, I mean, potentially that, you could look at it in both ways, couldn't you? It could be Chelsea a bit stuck. They've got a player on their hands that's sort of, um, you know, deep downgrading in terms of performances. But then on the on the plus side, you can maybe say he's got two years on his deal so they could maybe move him on for a bigger fee. I, I, I don't know which way you could look at it. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think Chelsea are taking a different approach with a new owner in. Um, you know, they're going for a, a lot more of experience. Obviously, Sterling, you know, he's an experienced player at club and international level as well. So, um, I, I think it's easy to, to forget, actually, that, you know, Lukaku, experienced in his, in his position for, you know, in terms of his age. Uh, Rudiger, experienced with his age. Um, you know, they're, they're, I suppose maybe they are just trying to replace that experience in the team. And, um, I mean, you know, in, in terms of the long-term future for Chelsea, who knows how it'll play out. But, um, you know, I guess they're bringing in names that they're looking to really, you know, take off right from the very start and, and, and you know, help them bring in the performances, the results and, and the, you know, uh, the, 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 the displays they're looking for. So, um yeah, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out for him. It can go either way, obviously. But um, I, I personally think Kuyabali's a good good deal for them. A good, well, at least a good signing. And just, um, yeah, whether or not five years is, is the right call, who knows? Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think that, you know, we bring it up because Chelsea are under new ownership. I think opening the door a bit for Arsenal um, with their kind of erratic business that they're looking to do. They haven't got the same level of preparedness and astuteness when it comes to signing. So there is an opportunity for Arsenal. Um, and I think that if Arsenal are able to be smarter in the market than, than Chelsea, we can close that gap and perhaps overtake them in the coming seasons. That's got to be the aim. You know, we've got to keep on trying closing and and eventually overtake if we want to get back to where we need to be, uh, which is obviously competing for titles, etc. Uh, we'll take a couple of comments before we wrap things up briefly. Uh, as a question asking, should we go for Ibrahim Sangara or Amadou Anana? 
Uh, Bailey, which one of the two would you lean towards? Both, both, but definitely um, Sangare from Sangare, sorry, from PSV. I'm a big fan. I think we should mm. play five million release was as well. It'd be an excellent, excellent signing. I think he's going to be a big player in years to come. So get him in while he's cheap or before another club snaps him up. Also, Amadou Anana as well, very good player. Mm. I did a piece. I know people are concerned about Sambi Lukonga and Onana clashing, but don't be. Look at Real Madrid, Rodrigo, Reina and Vinicius Jr. They're absolutely fried from having that type of competition. So don't be scared by Sambi Lukonga's presence in, the squad, presence in the squad that we shouldn't be signing Onana. Both would be excellent signings, but of course, I'd go for Sangari. Uh, Ken says uh, Arsenal need to be thinking outside the box. Tommy Asu is ambipedal, meaning he can use both feet. Uh, he can deputise for Gabriel Magalhaes. Why are we letting Spurs get a free hit with Jed Spence? I mean, two questions there, I suppose, Chris. The first being, if you know we don't bring anyone at left centre back, is there scope for Tommy Asu to cover? But then, is there an argument we should have been pushing more for a right back this season? Yeah, potentially. But again, I think obviously. Well, we're all hoping that William Saliba does end up staying, and that's that that gets settled. Obviously, his return does boost us in that area. We know he can fill in a right back if needed, and obviously, primarily he's a right centre back. So, I guess that eases the pressure a little bit um, in terms of getting a replacement in. Um, even if he played at right centre back, we know Ben White can also operate at right back if needed, and obviously got Cedric as well. <laughs> You know, regardless of what people think of him, um, he remains an Arsenal player and, you know, it looks like he'll, he'll still be an option for us next season. So, mm. definitely the return of Saliba helps us in that that regard. And, I mean, in terms of Jed Spence, look, I've, I've said it before, I, I did an article on it. Um, I'm just not convinced by his attitude, personally. I think, you know, in terms of his talent, you know, fair plays, he's got that and he, I think he's got a lot of potential. Had a great season with Forrest, of course. Um, and I can see why he's attracting interest. Absolutely, I don't don't doubt that side of his game. But there's been a lot of people, including Neil Warnock, come out and speak publicly about his attitude um, and 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 you know the, the the doubts he has over it. And I just think, you know, we, we, Mikel Arteta has worked so hard to you know to build a, a squad that are all on the same page, that all have a, a great attitude, a great mindset. They're all together in that dressing room. They're supportive of one another. And, you know, it can just take one bad move to, to sort of um, to break that up and to damage it. So, you know, I'm sure that's I, I, obviously judging by the, the business we did last summer with the names we brought in. It's a big part of our recruitment strategy now as well. It's not just about the talent, the potential. It's about the, the, the attitude and the personality of that player. And I think, you know, that's continuing to play a big part in our transfer strategy. And I just don't think Jed Spence fits in with that, if, I, if I'm being honest. That's just my opinion. Um, and it obviously it, every player can mature with age. It's important to remember that. So, of course, he can end up going in the right direction. But I just think it would be a risk for us to go for someone like him. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, I think that he's a player that, absolutely, you're right, is, is a risk. Um, but Arsenal do take risks in the window. So we'll see indeed what ends up happening. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate your time as always. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Uh, Bailey, thank you so much for your time as always. Thank you, TC, CD, and everyone in the comment section as well. Indeed, Chris. Thank you, my friends. Cheers, lads. Pleasure as always. And of course, thank you to everyone tuning in. I hope everyone has a great day. Indeed. We will see you again on the channel very soon. Uh, and as always, keep subscribed to keep up to date with all the latest Arsenal news as Arsenal travel to the US. Uh, but it's been a real pleasure as it always is. And we will see you again very soon. But as always, keep following us down 
the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah!